0: Hey guys, I'm Jordan Rodriguez, Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer, and this is Three and Out, where I'll bring you the latest in Panthers football, special guests, and analysis all season long. Let's get started. So Three and Out is back after a brief hiatus, had some family things going on that I had to attend to, so was not able to record, but I figured if we came back In week one, we had to come back in with a bang. So that is why I'm so happy that Matt Harmon is on my podcast again. Matt, how are you?
1: Jordan, it's good to be talking to you, and uh, hopefully, don't come back with a thud here uh, and really bring back the podcast well. But, like we were talking about before we started uh, recording here, it's, it's a really exciting time. Like, uh, you know, I can't, like, literally cannot believe tomorrow is the first game of the 2017 NFL season. It feels like it's just, you know, about to smack us in the face right again. And uh, I'm really excited to chat about uh, all things Panthers here.
0: Yeah, I'm stoked because, I mean, it it, it feels wild. It feels like we have been in preseason mode and in um, training camp mode. And and I was really excited to talk to you because we talked so much about not only Christian McCaffrey, but also um, receivers in general as as something that Carolina really struggled to uh, maintain as a strength last year. So I I think that this year they they tried to go about making some moves to rectify those things. Um, And I'm really excited because as you guys probably know, Matt created Reception Perception, which is a way of charting receivers and it really gets down into the details and the nitty gritty of where they excel or don't excel on very specific routes. Um, so he basically is the receiver whisperer of, uh, <laughs> of NFL Network, so I'm, I'm excited to have him on. Um, so, okay, let's go over the moves because they made a few a few big moves, one somewhat move, and then they their two big and talls are the same. So they still have Devin Funchess and Kelvin Benjamin on the outside. And I know that you're optimistic about one of them. <laughs> Isn't that right, Matt?
1: Correct. Yeah. And Kelvin Benjamin is a fascinating player because I think um, now that I've been doing this football thing here for you know about three years, um, semi-professionally and professionally, uh, like I feel like Benjamin's a player that I've kind of, gone back and forth on in a lot of different ways because i didn't really like him all that much as a as a draft prospect but i thought he obviously came in and had a rookie year that was solid and in some ways i thought he he almost got a little bit of a bad rap from like fellow fantasy analysts because he had a low catch rate or whatever but i mean he was clearly a positive uh force in the panthers offense you know getting 145 targets as a rookie um, and then he obviously misses a year, uh, and then it, so it seems like it's been a long time since we'd seen him again until 2016, and it was really a, a, a drop off for sure for Calvin Benjamin. And and you mentioned reception perception, where I go in and chart success rates on every single route that they run over a certain game sample. You know how successful they are getting open versus man, zone, and press coverage. Benjamin actually is one of the players that saw the biggest differential between his first and second season obviously that being 2014 2016 his success rate versus man coverage of 55.9 percent was down by 7.8 percent um from his rookie to second season and his press coverage score 53.9 percent actually fell by a whopping 24 percentage points from 2014 to 2016 so whether that like really is just because he wasn't himself or, you know, he's slow coming back from the injury, out of shape, um, whatever. I think that he's just a high variance player. And I think that we could see something more towards the middle this year. And he's looked really good in preseason action, but he kind of just encapsulates to me, like what what was kind of wrong with the Panthers offensive approach before the you know, this that it had kind of gotten stale and what I would just say became way too much of like a high degree of difficulty passes. I mean, Benjamin's deep or the deep out is his best route in reception perception, and that just creates a lot of low percentage throws, high degree of difficulty passes, um, and I think that that's a big thing that they'd look to change. But I think Benjamin could still be. A, a part of their future, especially as a contested catch player, where he's always tested really well throughout his first two years.
0: Yeah, and something they like about him, obviously he did not start the year off in terms of the, the league year, which begins in the spring. He did not start the year off well. He pretty much did the opposite of what they wanted him to show, and, and that is he you know, he showed up heavy to spring workouts and, and then went about promptly losing the weight. Now he's playing with a lot of Physicality, which is really important because for a guy like Kelvin Benjamin, that physicality, he he can't really use speed like some of these smaller slot guys to separate from defensive backs where he really will excel is if he uses that physicality to come down with those contested catches or, or maintain that separation by using his body to put kind of put a separation between himself and the defensive back. So that's something that they like out of him so far. And I know that I got a little flack from um, our good friend Josh Norris on Twitter because I fell right into the I guess it's a preseason tradition that I wasn't aware of of talking about what a good camp Devin Funches was having. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. The annual thing with Funches, I mean, he was it was so funny going into last off season I can remember. And obviously it was before you were covering the team, like it was Devin Funchess the star of panthers training camp panthers training camp mvp and like even in the pre this is why i think it's important to pay attention to like an entire off season's worth of drumbeat not like take just one item uh as as a reality you know or one training camp report and be like oh man this guy was shining in training camp that's great but like you know even when you would see them the panthers run out their first team offense uh before the the 2016 season he was never on the field then and he, you know, he was not taking number two snaps from Ted Ginn. Ginn was still out there, and that remained the core, the the case throughout the the entire course of that season. I mean, he was just never on, never on the field. And everybody that like wants to make Devin Funches happen, there's a, a there's probably a reason he never gets on the field. And I think this year he, he'll be that number two receiver. I mean, it, with Ginn gone, um, and really the only competition for that spot is Russell Shepard, and because in my opinion, I would imagine Curtis Samuel's probably. At this point, a little behind the eight ball. In order to, and it really, they're not going to play the same position at all, anyways. I would imagine he's going to be, you know, the player that they that they have as their number two wideout. But I just don't know at this point, like what Funchess offers. Um, and I don't say that to to be harsh, but like at this point, he sh- he has shown an ability to win the ball in the air, and, and with his size, you'd think that would be something that he's good. at. I think that's something he got better at from from year one to year two. Because um, despite highlight real plays in his first in his first season, his contested catch rate in reception perception as a rookie was below the NFL average. And of course, as a separator, I mean he, that's just never what he's going to be good at because he doesn't really show. At least Benjamin, like I said, as a rookie, he showed an ability to win off the line of scrimmage and be good against press coverage. Um, Funches has really never shown that from a technical perspective or just being able to integrate his athletic ability with with the technique part of of route running. So. I just don't know where Funches is at this point in his career, and yeah, the hype is always there, but to me, I'm I'm not really all that optimistic.
0: And I, think, I do think it's important to note what you brought up right off the bat was that they really didn't and couldn't, they didn't seem to and they could not actually utilize him in the way that they might have wanted to based on the personnel that they had. And that, in part, I think hindered him a little bit. And Ron Rivera admitted that, you know, in the sp- in the spring that they they wished they would have used him more, and they probably underutilized utilized him, and that they also were planning on increasing his role. But if if he can't show immediately that he offers something different than what Kelvin offers in terms of just kind of what he was as a go-up-and-grab-it kind of guy, then then I think that that's trouble for for Devin Funches. And so that kind of brings me to the next guy I want to talk about that's shown a lot of versatility, and they brought him in specifically for that versatility and because they love what he does on special teams, and that's Russell Shepard.
1: Yeah, Shepard is, is an interesting addition that I, I know from following Panthers camp. There were a few observers that were really impressed with him, and I think they probably sort of feel the same way, but you know, to a lesser kind of resume uh, perspective that they did when they brought in Jericho Cattri a few years ago. That they mm-hmm. kind of. Feel that it's a veteran presence in a room that still is filled with a lot of uh, inexperience. I mean, even their you know they're veteran guys, Kelvin Benjamin, I, I guess, and Funchus at this point, like those guys have still only been in the league maybe you know a combined five years if you want to count uh, Benjamin's injured year in in 2015. So it's it's still a room that doesn't have all that much experience, uh, and obviously with Curtis Samuel, another rookie. Like I think they they want Shepard to just kind of you know. Be the professional in there. And I, I'm definitely, I don't have like a, a catalog of reception perception on uh, Russell Shepard because that hasn't been a player that's been on the field all that much. But he is someone that like comes with an intriguing profile. You know, he was a, a recruited to college as a quarterback. He was a a big time like athletic prospect there and just never really got going in in his early stops in like Philadelphia. But he did flash a little bit last year in Tampa Bay. Um I work with the uh with the next gen stats at NFL network too and he was someone that had really high separation numbers uh on his targets. So I think that they that's kind of the player that they want. I mean, I think this entire offseason and you know Christian McCaffrey of course, the big addition, I think makes this this point most apparent i think it's just all about giving cam newton more layup throws i mean i mentioned this with with benjamin and and funchess i think is part of that problem too like all these and even get too. like i, I appreciate Ginn for who he is but he's not exactly a, a receiver that's going to give his quarterback a lot of layup throws um again mentioning the next gen stats uh no quarterback last year in 2016 Threw into tight coverage more than Cam Newton Twenty Over 24% of his throws Were to where a receiver had less than a yard of separation And I think they just obviously want that number to come down Because it's just way too much variance to pack into your passing game And I guess Shepard would probably fit into that equation as well
0: yeah well that's kind of part of the reason why Greg Olson has had so much success with Cam as a receiver is because he widens that window and he's a really consistent and reliable option in that sense and so I think that that is a formula exactly like you said that they really wanted to set about correcting and doing that by bringing in guys like Russell who is really really consistent and versatile and is kind of in that up-and-comer category while also being a veteran present presence he kind of just checked all the boxes that they needed and I think he's going to be I don't think he's going to be a top option for Cam by any means but he's going to be a consistent one and he's going to be a guy that if Cam has nowhere else to go with the play he can probably still count on Russell Shepard to make to try to make something happen that's just kind of the player that I see in, in him so far but he does fall kind of on the fringe of that category of what the Panthers did in the draft and free agency to set about really correcting things. So with Curtis Samuel, who, once he's back in shape, will be working almost primarily in the slot other than, you know, disguise plays and, and certain types of motion and things like that, um, it lends a bit of exciting options for Cam and, and not just exciting ones, but efficient ones. And like you said, layup, layup throws where he has intermediate options and he has underneath options that he can go to and he doesn't just have one or two he he actually has three so if you count if you count Russell and you count Curtis Samuel and then you factor in Christian McCaffrey I mean there's an opportunity here for Cam to really be efficient in his passing this year
1: yeah I mean I I think McCaffrey I've I've taken to calling him this offseason a transformative player because especially a lot of in a lot of conversations with um, fantasy analysts, you know, you get a lot of people asking, "Well, you know, the Carolina backs have never had, you know, X amount of receptions with Cam Newton or whatever." And I, I, my point is, like, throw all that out. Like, I, I don't care what Carolina backs have done under Cam Newton or under Ron Rivera or or whatever. They've never had a player like this before. Exactly. Not only as a running back, but also as a receiver. I mean. You know, I can remember watching Panthers games like back in 2012 and thinking, man, what they need is they need like a Reggie Bush or a Danny Woodhead type of player. And now they have like the souped up version of that. I mean, the, the absolute, you know. Peak of what you'd expect from that sort of pass catching back that also can, you know, run well in between the tackles. And, you know, I think, again, it's just all about widening these windows for Cam Newton, not having him throw into tight coverage. And, you know, I think Cam Newton wants that, too. Like, you could tell last year that it was a, a frustrating season from a number of different reasons. But, you know, you got to think, like, my, I, I'd sit there and look at the, the 2016, like, receiver group. And other than Greg Olson, you know, who's the who's the one you can, like, trust to, to be open and come down with a reception. I mean, you know, Ginn obviously is a good player, like I mentioned, but he was he's not exactly the picture of, of reliability. Benjamin Funches, no way. Now I think they have with Shepard and especially McCaffrey, like I said, is that transformative figure in this offense. Um, you know, this is a player that I, I, I'm really excited about and like I said, changing the landing the whole landscape of the Carolina offense.
0: I agree with you one hundred percent. And I also think that I mean, I echo what you've said about Christian, and I think that there's so much misconception about you know whether they will actually get him the touches or whether cam will i saw this thing at espn that i laughed out loud at because oh, yeah, it was yeah, I know so, exactly what you're talking about it was so egregiously ridiculous where there was someone who uh, some sort of executive that had told mike sando without wanting to be named that he he thought that Cam would maybe have some jealousy issues and not want to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And my first thought, well, after I stopped laughing hysterically because of how (sighs) ridiculous that was, my first thought was, wow, this person has never met Cam Newton because all this quarterback wants to do and all he's ever really wanted to do, especially now as he's matured in his career is make awesome plays and have a better time than anyone else on the field. Honestly, that's literally, it's that simple. He wants to win, he wants to make, he wants to create awesome plays that have people get really excited, and he wants to have more fun than anyone else in the field. It's really that simple with him, and I think that that he understands. I mean, when you hear sourced reports of Cam Newton really being excited about and advocating for a player like Christian McCaffrey during the scouting and the draft process, then you know that this is a guy who understands how transformative a guy like Christian McCaffrey can be. And the same goes for Curtis Samuel, honestly. I mean, he's been hurt, so there hasn't been as much hype around him, obviously, as the second-round pick as there would be around the first-round pick, especially with what Christian was doing to these poor linebackers and putting them in blunders all throughout training camp. But I think that it's really, really important to note that they also have... I might not go so far as to say transformative, but they have a guy who is very, very similar as a threat in Curtis Samuel, and he's one that I think might be under the radar a little bit right now, which is really helpful for the Panthers.
1: Yeah, I think you you you've said this in the past that you know Cam Newton tends to make people crazy, and yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like I agree with that with the way the way people end up talking about Cam Newton, and that quote is a perfect encapsulation of it. Like, I mean, yeah, this is a player that you know he, he, like I say he almost can't win because at times it's like well he's not taking losing the best way or, And then you know, but shouldn't that also inform our opinion that yeah all the guy wants to do is win and if McCaffrey is gonna be a player I mean yeah it's, it's almost it's almost dumb to like yeah. indulge that with a with a thought or whatever like an actual opinion but it's but it's true I mean I and I, I I've seen other people argue and you know even analysts that I I, I really respect like take the quote when he said you know do you, uh do you, like are you going to make do you do you want to lie and not roar or whatever when oh, it comes gosh. to his running that like that they don't that they think that means he might not be buying into the new offense or whatever Yeah,
0: well that was taken out of context by somebody who actually was in the press conference which was the most ridiculous part of, of that was it just was I, you're you, this is not we can't just we can't justify even speaking about this it's that ridiculous. So I think that you're absolutely right. It, it's he can't win off the field in terms of the way people speak about him, but he sure as heck can win on the field, and I think he knows that Christian's the guy that's going to help him do it.
1: Yeah, I, I totally think so. I mean, you can just tell that this this team's really excited from top to bottom about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it's as simple as they took him eighth overall, and they know what he can do. And like I said, that really is being a transformative figure and, and something that they just, they've just they just never had a player like that in, in any sense. Um, and I, I'm really excited for the way it's going to change, uh, this entire offense, because like I said, I I really do think it was, was sorely needed. And, you know, I think that they will obviously be a team that's going to take deep shots. Um, and, and a lot of that is going to be, I think, based around Kelvin Benjamin and hopefully his press coverage, uh, work can improve in 2017. And, and like I said, from the preseason action, it looks good, but I, I think that this is going to be an offense that does create a lot of those, uh, more layup throws for him. You know, I mentioned those, those next-gen stats about the, the tight coverage. A lot of the lower-end quarterbacks really are able to, to have lower numbers. I mean, I mean the best quarterbacks in the NFL are more towards, towards the lower tier. I mean, you're looking at Russell Wilson, 17.9%. Tom Brady, 17.6%. Drew Brees, 17.5%. Aaron Rodgers, 16.4%. I mean, those are all guys, you know, that are obviously much less than Cam Newton at 24.7%. Um, and he's kind of the outlier of the guys that are high up there, and most of those are are poor quarterbacks. And I, I'm just really excited. I mean, I think that this is a this is really an inflection point in Cam Newton's career, um, where I think he does evolve along with this entire offense. And uh, it's it's I mean, it's exciting times, and there are still a lot of questions to be answered. But uh, I I think McCaffrey is the is the key to it all.
0: And we can't forget because we did talk about how Carolina did need to replace Ted Jr. And they sort of, kind of, slightly, maybe, sort of did a little bit. Um, And I think that the Demir Bird fans of the world, there are many of them, by the way, um, are happy about what this kid showed, um, you know, at least throughout a couple weeks of of the preseason. And I think the Panthers are thinking he's started to pay his dues and, and, and really is starting to fit in and gel well as he needs to do after being in the system for a little while. Now they have their burner threat as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, he's he's been a player that I feel like has been close to the roster mm-hmm. in previous years, and this year he finally got over the hump. I mean, he looked he looked awesome in that first exhibition game, uh, and I think I hope we see uh, more of that. I mean, you know that that would be other than Curtis Samuel, and he's a player that, like I said, I feel I feel like we don't have. Much of a grasp on him just yet because we didn't see him much uh, throughout the off season, unfortunately, due to injury. Um, and maybe he could be that that vertical threat, but that is definitely a player that they, you know, they want to take shots. Like I said, down the field, and um, I think Bird could be, you know, he could be a surprising player that we're talking about more towards the end of the season, and he's ended up being a bigger factor than a lot of people thought.
0: I think that uh, that could very well happen, especially as people start to counter the attack of what when they start to realize what Christian and Curtis can do throwing in as many wrinkles as possible I think will be helpful for Carolina especially late in the season Um, as these guys I mean they're going to be rookies you can't you can't really they're going to be I think really really good for Carolina but you can't expect them to be the answer every single time so having guys around like Demir Bird and like all these other guys we talked about including Greg Olson of course I think it's, it's, uh, you, you almost, you almost look at these guys and you think, how could these, how could this group of offensive players fail? You really do. I mean, they're just, there's that much raw athleticism and talent in this group that you really, including in Cam Newton, that you, you look at this group and you wonder how could they fail?
2: Yeah,
1: and not to mention, like we we were sitting here talking about the passing game, and this is not going to be an offense that's really based around the passing game. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a chance. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think this could easily be the best rushing offense in the NFL when you combine Cam Newton under center with, like I said, he is still gonna he's still gonna take off and run every oh, now yeah. and again. Of course, I mean you know like you expect a lion not to roar, as he said, haha. <laughs> but uh, I think you look at you look at him, you look at Jonathan Stewart, who I, I think still has something left. And of course Christian McCaffrey is kind of the centerpiece of it. This could easily be a, a team that's the best rushing offense in the NFL. I mean, they've been top eight in run play percentage every year since two thousand twelve when they kind of really started to get on track as an organization. So yeah, there's there's no doubt to me that this is uh, this is a this is a team that He's really going to threaten teams in a multi dimensional way as a rushing offense because they've always kind of consistently done that with Newton under center. Uh, and now they have ways to stretch you in multiple ways and, and stress out a defense uh, as a passing game unit. And that's all going to be based around what they can do as a multi faced. Uh, rushing attack, especially behind an interior offensive line, at least, that that is really strong and, you know, suffered injuries last year, but I think is a a pretty good uh, one, two, three there on the inside.
0: And without even knowing it, Matt accidentally plugged, like, three of my articles that are up on charlotteobserver.com about the interior linemen, about what Carolina is going to try to do uh, with the complementary styles of Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey, and, of course, uh, the offensive, quote-unquote, evolution, which we probably got a little carried away with, but I think is going to still be really fascinating. Um, so, Matt, um, tell everyone what you're working on, where they can find you, and you have a new project coming up, don't you?
1: I got a lot going on uh, right <laughs> now, uh, shockingly enough, considering it is football season. But, yeah, for sure, right now, I mean, it's mostly just Plug completely in at NFL.com NFL Network. Uh, if you're interested in anything that I do, whether it's next-gen stats analytics content or fantasy stuff on nfl.com slash Harmon is the easy way to get in there um and yeah be doing a lot more tv stuff and also just launched a new podcast that's a little more of a bit of a side project thing called what's your take with matt Harmon, where we talk about people's takes and uh, my really good first episode already with uh, my friend buster on the morning of his wedding uh so i think the people will be interested in that
0: matt's always been really good at uh having creative outlets other than football that actually tend to take off and do really, really well. Um, so guys, definitely go check that out. Matt, thank you for breaking this podcast hiatus with me. And thank you everyone to listening for listening to 3 and Out. I'm Jordan Audrey, and we are out. You thought we were done, didn't you? Little did you know that I have been saving up a little bit of a treat for you guys who have bared with me for this long um a, a week or so week and a half or so ago um i was interviewing mario addison one-on-one for a feature we were doing on the panthers pass rush for our tab that that just came out and i was my only regret was that i couldn't fit the entire interviewer or, or even you know 50 percent of what mario said and, and kind of how he took me through his workout program um the spin move that he throws and kind of what it's like you know being coached by eric washington and and all these little tiny details that i couldn't fit in to the story that he was kind enough to share with me so i did want to share that interview with you guys and then we will be out i promise after that so here's mario addison um so we're doing a bunch of big to preview the season, and, and one of it's going to be that you guys as a pass rush. Um, kind of a lot of specialty pass rushers on this team now at this point. You, yourself, and Pep, and, and CJ, and a couple young guys getting brought along to be that guy as well. Um, what's the dynamic like with you guys?
2: Um, no, it's a great chemistry. You know, we got depth. You know, we got guys that can come out the path and do the exact same thing that the vet guys can do, you know. Like me, such myself, you know, even if I don't start, I can come mm-hmm. and do the same thing the vet's doing, even though I'm a vet, you know what I'm saying? So, what I'm saying, we got deal. Mm-hmm. All the guys can do the same. We can count on each other. To, uh, it don't matter who in the game at, at the time, we all can get it done. So, it don't matter.
0: Uh, Charles said something interesting last week to me about how kind of he and Pep, kind of delegate uh, communication along the line. I'm sure you do that on the other side as well. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's getting pretty fluid in terms of you guys not even really having to say much to each other out there. A lot of body language going on.
2: Yeah, yeah, more um You know, they can't hear what we're saying. They don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we can sign, you know what I'm saying, use our hand, hand language, <laughs> then the motor better. You know, mm-hmm. we are disguise bro. But once you say something, you know, sometimes they can pick up on what you're saying or get a clue on what you're saying. But when we use our hand stuff, our eyes, or say one word that we know that they don't know, then, you know, we get the edge on the guys because they know something. Funny. You know, it, we, we, it don't matter if we run a game or not, but we do. When we do want to run, we want to tip it off.
0: I think a lot of people, because you guys are just playing in a way every single game, a lot of people have a misconception about how much technicality goes into doing what you guys do, how much attention to little tiny details like what you just said, that wordless yeah. communication. What are some things that for someone who wouldn't know as much about what a sack specialist does, some key components of, of making sure that you're doing what you need to do?
2: Um, really, you just got to listen to what your coach said. You know, mm-hmm. you know uh, our coach, Eric Watson, he put us in the best position to be successful. And he always saying, pay attention to details. And that's what we do. We pay attention to details. You know, we work hard. It started in practice, you know we do it well in practice, we'll do it well in the game. You know, we have fast in practice, then sometimes you half fast in the game. But in that case, we don't do things like that. We do everything full speed and hard. So there were several us from other DMs. Do you feel
0: like you're, I mean, you're to us, you're not under the radar at all because of the year you had last year and, and you know, your contract and your, so your nasty spin move that you like to pull on unsuspecting linemen. Like you pulled that out a couple times against that nasty Taylor guy at a Titans yeah, camp. he uh, had a lot to say out of that. But yeah. do you feel like in terms of the league you're, you're a little bit underrated?
2: Um, could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. But um, I like it that way. I like coming to a game when a guy don't know too much about me you know, then I just I just go do my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm gonna do my thing with God. I'm gonna make something happen out of that. So, if you don't know anything about me, it's his loss. Cause what I'm gonna do to him is gonna be something special.
0: Cause it, I think that spin move has been developed quite a bit. Uh, I saw it. I first I saw it last year, obviously, but I first saw it really against Matt Khalil. Close up here, um, and then obviously you pulled it out a couple times in Tennessee as well. Mm-hmm. Can you take me through the the building of that? I and mean, it's not every guy that has that in his in his arsenal.
2: Um, I call it um, uh, well, Coach Eric Watson called it create momentum and counter momentum. So first, I take the on uh, line of the field, full speed, low, you know, keeping my eyes on him the whole time to draw all his attention as soon as like first you got to act like you rushing the edge once you get him to turn his body that's when you you, you spin back in the inside uh, you won't be able to recover as quick
0: it takes a tremendous amount of body control and i think there's a yeah. misconception that yeah. you guys are so big that you don't you can't but you definitely are one that can do that
2: yeah um unfortunately you know very blessed to be athletic the way i am you know very blessed and um i know when to use it so i got a whole a lot of tools in the toolbox um if you don't know how to use those tools, then they're useless. But our coach, better Air Washington, he puts us in a position to be successful. So he always gives us different, you know, solutions to uh, to teach us how and when to use our tools.
0: Obviously, Pep and CJ are going to be rotated a lot for efficiency and to maximize, you know, their bodies and all of that. You're one of those guys that seems like you're going to be an anchor on the other end this year in terms of, of being in to maximize your athleticism, as you said, and your skill level that's a step forward from you for you than then maybe the snaps you got in the past what's what's the development of that role been like for you
2: um so far I've been good you know um, it feel good to know that um that your coach coaches you know have um, trust in you mm-hmm. so if they have trust in you then you do you get things like that you get rewarded. you know more snaps you know more opportunities to show what you can do so it's up for me to you know, maximize on the snaps that I do, that I do get. You know, I gotta, you know, capitalize on them. I gotta show them that I, you know, i they made the right decision, and that's what we're gonna do.
0: It just seems like there's a confidence among the pass rushers this year, and I know there was confidence <laughs> last year. One Maybe one not one. as early on. I know it took you guys a little while to get that, no, really? to get that going um, last year. That with that big eight sack game against Arizona mid season. What do you guys have to do to, to
2: come out of the gate ready to eat right away? Um, we just got to stay home. You know, uh, stay ready for we do know how to get ready. You know, um, that's that's what's in my mind, you know, start fast. You know, mm-hmm. don't wait till, like, before midseason, you know, to turn it up. But since I got the opportunity, you know, to get more snaps, then I have no choice but to start fast because I'd be able to feel the tackle much quicker than I do, you know, it's coming in on third down. So, you know, I'm just going to – I'm speaking on me. I'm just going to uh, start mm-hmm. fast. That's why my main goal is just start fast.
0: Okay, now we're done. Thanks again to Mario Addison. Thanks to Matt Harmon. And thanks to you guys for listening. i happy to be back from that brief little hiatus. Happy it's week one of the regular football season. And I'll see you guys after San Francisco.